This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. How many have had this uh, crazy, absolutely mind-blowing temptation to go onto Google and type into that little Google search engine, things made with Lego? I double dog dare you to do it when you go home. It is mind-blowing. Well, I'm going to show you some things. Are you ready for this? This is what people have made with Lego. Are you ready? First thing, a car. Now, it's not just a car, but the engine that's inside the car is made of Lego too. Isn't that crazy? Let's see what else is that they made a Lego. This is a house. This is a two, it's a, a story and a half high. It's approximately uh, 1,200 square feet on the inside, and it's actually got rooms and everything, and all the furniture on the inside is made of Lego. Next one. This is a keyboard <laughs> made of Lego, and it's fully, it fully functions as a keyboard. Isn't that ridiculous? Next one. Oh, for those that like, this is a life-size tiger. They actually had it on display at... Uh, um, one of the zoos down in the U.S., I believe it was in Atlanta, and uh, they had this on display during Lego Week at Atlanta Zoo. And last but not least, there's a World War II plane, all made of Lego. Do you know what? We serve a creative God. We see, we see that stuff and we go, wow, that's incredible that someone had the creativity and the patience to build something like that. How many know that whenever you want to build, it takes great patience because what takes great patience is built well and usually lasts for a long time. There's a legacy connected to it. But I want you to know this morning that not only is our God a creative God, that you were made in his image. Which means you got the creativity on the inside of you. You've got things on the inside of you that God wants to build through your life. He wants you to connect and build to keep people in your life. I have a, a little, uh, probably the most famous uh, Lego piece on the planet. It's what everyone builds upon, and we actually have a picture of it up on the screen behind me. Um, this is the 2x4 the brick, okay? Listen to this. Two of these together can create 24 different possible combinations, If you add one more and you put three of them together, it can create 1,060 different possible combinations. If you double the three and you go to six, are you ready for this? 915,103,765 possible ways to connect. Ridiculous. Don't you think that if Lego pieces can do that, how much more can humanity? How much more can the church? How much more can the church when we're actually rallying around the chief cornerstone and his purpose? Think about this. Can you imagine if this city was being absolutely overwhelmed with churches that are loving on this community and and declaring the good news of of, of Jesus Christ in a way that absolutely blows them away? And we're doing it every single day, multiple times daily. I can believe it. It's awesome. But we serve a creative God. We're vastly more creative than a Lego piece, a Lego set, or a Lego box. And we're definitely more creative than Duplo. Right? You know what I'm saying? Okay. But creativity is spiritual. I want, I want, how many have ever done math and when you've added up your math, it just doesn't seem to make sense? 
right? You know, scientifically and logistically, that's what the mathematical uh, you know, equation or process comes to. But so many times when we're dealing with God, his mathematics don't make any sense. So in Deuteronomy, and I believe it's in, in chapter 32, verse 30, it literally says that according to God's economics, one person can put 1,000 people to flight and two can put 10,000. What are we talking about? God's an exponential God. He's not additional. He's not multiplied. He's exponential. How many want exponential creativity and exponential growth and exponential breakthrough and exponential peace and exponential joy and exponential life in your life? I'm telling you right now, that's what God wants for you. Why? Because God is a creative God and creativity, even though we place the emphasis on other things, creativity is actually very spiritual. Amen? Well, do you want biblical proof? Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. Jethro, who was the father-in-law of Moses, came up with a creative idea to help him not get burned out and help give advice and counsel and wisdom to all of the people under his care, which just so you know was over 5 million people. How many know that one person on 5 million uh, people trying to give background and information is ridiculous? Solomon was an artistic poet and writer who was full of wisdom. Under his oversight, listen to this, the nation of Israel became the center of the world's greatest art with the centerpiece of that art being the temple. It wasn't Egypt, it wasn't Rome, it wasn't anything else. It was actually Israel at the time. Joseph had creative dreams and creatively found a way to solve a seven-year world famine with some incredible, simple processes. All by God. Why? Because he serves a creative God who put creative ideas on the inside of him. Asaph and Korah, have you ever heard of those guys? Bible scholars? Keeners, for those that have heard them. They wrote half the book of Psalms. If you ever read the book of Psalms, it's all songs and poems and poets. And it's just incredible, the creative and literary genius of these two men. Doesn't stop there. The Apostle Paul creatively brought the gospel to so many different nations, and he literally learned how to present the gospel to a different nation and a different subculture in a way that they would understand. That takes creativity. How many know that when you have five kids like me, you've got to speak discipline in five different, total different ways in order for some of them to get it, one in particular? But anyhow, it's just, you know, five of them, one in particular, the fourth child. But anyhow, it's all good. Thank you, Jesus, because you've given us creativity to be able to help our kids, so it's awesome. It's awesome. But you know what's the best example of all in the Bible? God himself. Look what he did in six days. Created the world and everything in it. He created us. How many know that the intricacies, if you've ever been in the medical field or know somebody in the medical field, the intricacies of the human body is mind-blowing. I don't want to get gross this morning, but having five, not me having five babies, but me being a part of supporting my beautiful wife having five children, and to see how every last ounce of that process happens, and, and literally the internal clock, the internal function of a woman kicks into gear, even to the point where they know how to uh, literally release certain hormones in order to contract the uterus so that people don't bleed out. That's just mind-blowing that these little internal clocks just keep going off. It's amazing that every part functions just perfectly so. To me, it speaks that there's a creative being, somebody that is far beyond our capability, that has a love and a compassion for humanity, that literally says, this is my people. These are the people that are going to be doing great things and doing great exploits for me. 
The Bible also says that God in His creativity fearfully and wonderfully made you. He literally, it says, that you were knit together by His own hands. I didn't know God knit. Who knew? Whatever works for Him, eh? Eh, It's good. God's artistry on the planet and the universe and the solar system outdoes any artist. The power of His words outdoes any writer. His wisdom literally is the source of all wisdom. We look to Him for information, for wisdom, and for advice. God is the most creative end of story. And He's our dad. It's in you. Do you believe that? I have a question for you. I got a little, uh, a little Lego minifigure. Does anybody know his name? It's not Steve. Good try. Stanley Cup. No, it's not Stanley Cup, even though that's what I'm thinking right now. Um, anybody know his name? No. You know what? He doesn't have one. He's like the character on VeggieTales that was never given a name. And every five or six videos comes up and says, I've been on the show since the beginning, and no one's ever given me a name. It's the same guy. This guy does not have a name. He's an unknown. There's nothing connected to him. There's nothing that we know about him. He was never in any significant part. He's not in any significant thing, and no one knows anything about him. Has anyone ever heard of the Bible call, uh, character called Bezalel? Anybody? Oh, put your hand down, smarty pants. Okay, all right. All right. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. That's good. That's good. Now, you know your Bible. That's good. Can I set up the story for a second? Here's an unknown guy that no one knows about. In the Exodus chapter 35, the nation of Israel had left Egypt. Uh, for those that had seen the Ten Commandment movie back in the day or the Prince of Egypt, you'll know the story. They've left Egypt, they've left slavery, they're on their way to the promised land, but they're in the wilderness, and God says to them, I need a place where I can dwell and be with my people. So God gave instructions to build a portable church, just like us. It's awesome. But I'm so thankful that it didn't stay portable forever. They built a temple later on. Come on, Jesus! Please, Lord. Okay, all right. But the portable church was called the tabernacle. It was something that was with them. It, was, it went wherever they went because it housed the very presence of God. But what's interesting here is we put all of our emphasis on Moses. We put all our emphasis on Joshua. We put all our emphasis on the high priest and all these different people. Aaron, Miriam, all that stuff. And who do they pick to actually build and design and absolutely uh, finish off this project? This guy named Bezalel. I'm going to read this story to you starting in Exodus chapter 35. Verse 29, it says this, So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work of the Lord uh, that had given them through Moses, just before I keep going on, these people were connected. That's what it's talking about. They were, they were Legoized, okay? Uh, it goes on, it says, And brought their gifts and gave them freely to the Lord. They brought their broken pieces and gave them to the chief cornerstone. Amen? Then Moses told the people of Israel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, which means praise. I think that's a good choice. The Lord has filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. I didn't know Pinterest was back in the Bible, but there it is. The guy was a scrapbooking machine. He loved Pinterest. He posted all the time. So it's right there. Exodus chapter 35, verse 32, it says, He was a master craftsman, 
expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. Not one, not some, every craft. Can I say this morning, don't underestimate what God wants to do through you. Sometimes we've got this wacky idea that I'm not as gifted as so-and-so, or I can't do this, or I can't do that, or my gifts you know, really aren't that important. So I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to be over here by myself and I'm going to do nothing with it. And God is saying, I've creatively formed you. I've fashioned you with my hand. The very care and concern that I've made for everyone else I've made for you. There's creativity inside of you. Why? Because you are a son or a daughter of Father God. Amen? Amen. Don't think that someone else's gift is more important than yours. God needs every single one of you to fulfill His purpose and His plan. Have you guys noticed anything this morning? Don't be the missing piece. Don't be the missing piece. We need you. If we're going to accomplish what God's called us to do, we need you. Verse 34, and it says, And the Lord has given both him and whatever that guy's name is, whatever the son of is of the tribe of Dan, <clears throat> the ability to teach their skills to others. To teach their skills to others. What are you doing with what God's given you? Are you progressing in connection or are you regressing in connection? Are you progressing in your weight loss program or are you regressing in your weight loss program? You know what I'm saying? You're doing one or the other. Sometimes we have this mindset that we can just stand still and be okay. Are we progressing in our relationship with God or are we regressing in our relationship with God? Keep building. Keep connecting. Don't be the missing piece this morning. Don't stand still. Don't get satisfied with where you're at. Keep pushing forward. Keep moving forward into what God has for your life. Verse 35, it says, The Lord has given them special skills. Special skills. Guys, you have special skills. No one else can do them. Now, some of them fit more on Ripley's Believe It or Not than anything else, but it's okay. You have special skills, okay? And it says that he had special skills as engravers, designers, embroiders, in blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth and weavers. They excelled as craftsmen and as designers. And then he finished his thought at the very beginning of the next chapter in verse 2 in chapter 36. And he says, then Moses called Bezalel and whatever that guy's name is, and every gifted artisan whose heart the Lord had put wisdom. For everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. Everyone whose heart was stirred. The reality is, is at any given moment and at any given day, right now, your heart is stirred towards certain things. What are they? What are they? Are they the right things? Are they priorities in alignment with what God wants to do? Are they selfish in nature? Are they Lego piece over here all by yourself in nature? Because I tell you right now, what God wants to build in your life can never happen if you're building with one piece. How many know that as we shared a couple weeks ago, I can take this, give it to anybody, including Scott, who did this a couple weeks ago, and say, okay, go ahead and build. Well, you can't build with one piece. Your dreams, your purpose, your destiny is connected, intimately connected to those that God wants to put into your life. 
and help to build what God has for you. But you can't be by yourself. You've got to be connected. And you can't be the missing piece. You've got to be connected. How many know that we are more globally connected than ever before, but more relationally disconnected than ever before? Yeah, I got 232 friends on Twitter. Yeah, and you have no real friends. That was a heavy revy for the Ignite youth over here. Those people will drop you like a dirty rag the moment that you don't care about them. The moment something's disconnected, they don't care. They're just following your persona, but they're not following you. They're following the image you've created. That was a good point. Amen. All right, moving right along. But God loves to use the unknowns. Remember that guy that was on the screen behind us a couple times ago? God loves to use those guys. How do I know? Well, I know because he's using people like you and he's using people like me. How many know that we have created this system in our mind of people that are more important than other people? Well, I'm thankful that Billy Graham has been on this earth, and I know his time is short and won't be with us much longer. I'm thankful every day for a man like Billy Graham who's absolutely impacted our world. But it's interesting, when he tells the story, there's two individuals that have been in his life for the last 70 years that most people don't know about. One is a lady, uh, a friend of, of his wife's. Another guy is a gentleman that he met when they were in college that have prayed for him every single day for the last 70 years. And I often think to myself, how far would have Billy Graham gotten on his own? God connects you to the right people in the right time for the right season for right things. Amen? Amen. Special purposes. He's called you for that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So what happens if we're not doing what God asked us to do? What happens if we're not building, if we're not connecting? What happens if we've lost our joy, our peace? What do we do? The one thing I've often seen with people in, in the fields that I've been working in, so for the last number of years it's been pastoral ministry, but for the last number of years before that I was actually in social work. So the last 20 years of my life have been the people business, which is awesome. But the one thing I've consistently seen is whenever someone loses their joy, they isolate themselves. Whenever someone loses their peace, they isolate themselves. How many know that isolation does not solve any problems? It doesn't. It doesn't do it. What it does is it creates this sense of more focus on yourself when God is saying, come back to the source. Come back to the source of true joy. Come back to the source of peace. Don't be the missing piece, P-E-A-C-E, and don't be the missing piece, P-I-E-C-E. Don't be either one. Amen? Don't withhold your gift. Don't withhold your connection. Don't withhold your love. Don't withhold your care. Don't withhold those things that are inside of your heart because what happens is the more you withhold, you actually get burdened down by the things you cannot carry. And God keeps saying, be like a sponge. Take it in, give it away. Take it in, give it away. Take it in, give it away. Youth, you guys want to see an absolute change in your, in your school system with your friends? Take what God has given you and give it away. Take it in, give it away. Take it in, take what you just got this weekend and keep giving it away all week long at school. Just keep giving it away, giving it away, giving it away, giving it away. Keep giving it away. The end this morning, I'm actually going to get Telly and Amber to share just briefly about what God did in their lives because I want to encourage you guys with what God is doing in people's lives who are connected to the source and connected to each other. So hang on to that, all right? Amen? 
2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, it says this, This is why I write to remind you to stir up the gift of God. Stir it up. Uh, stir up the gift of God that was conveyed to you when I laid my hands upon you. You see, God did not give us a cowardly spirit, but a powerful, loving, and disciplined spirit. The Amplified of verse 7, I love this, it says this, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and a well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. That's pretty good. Stir it up. Don't stay in a dormant state. Keep moving forward and connect. It's interesting here. I honestly believe that if I could land on one key thought today, what happens to a person who's the missing piece? P-I-E-C-E. It's because they have no peace. P-E-A-C-E. And honestly, I can honestly say, being in the people business for the last 20 years, I've seen a lot of people that know a lot of things, but are unhappy. Why? Not because they don't have stuff, but because they have no peace. There's no peace in their life. Their relationships are broken. They're struggling. Their finances are broken. How many know their bank account doesn't look so pretty some days? You know what I'm saying? Right? You wish your mortgage was paid off about 25 years quicker than it is. Right? But there's no peace. There's a moment in the Bible where Gideon, who was a, someone that God was using and, and wanted to use desperately, but was struggling with all the circumstances around him, couldn't figure out what God was doing, and was really at the point where he was fearful, anxious about the enemy that was coming against him. And look at God's response to Gideon in Judges chapter 6, verses 23 to 24. It says this, But the Lord said to him, Peace! Do not be afraid, for you're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. Peace is a covenant word. It's not just a nice word, it's a covenant word. It's a word that completely involves connection. When we connect to God, it's peace. What's interesting is the Hebrew word is the word shalom. And when you actually look at this this Hebrew word shalom, that word peace, it's number one, it's actually something uh, that, People in Israel would actually use to greet one another. We would say hi. They say shalom. What are they saying? They're saying peace to you. Amen? It means this. Completeness. Soundness. Welfare. Quiet. Tranquility. Contentment. It means a total fulfillment that can only come when you experience God's presence. It is a state of wholeness and oneness signified by a restored relationship. How many know when relationships are broken, you feel no peace? How many know when you've never ever talked through the problem or figured out the problem, there's no peace? Why? Because you're still kind of trying to guess one another, trying to figure it all out. But God's saying he wants to restore that. That that restorative process that he wants in your life is called peace. What's interesting is when you've polled a number of Bible scholars, theologians, and Christian authors, they've actually narrowed this concept of shalom down to a four-word phrase that is repeated a number of times over and over and over again. You ready for this? This is what they say is the definition of shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. No missing pieces. Everyone connected. Everyone complete. Everyone fulfilled. Everyone at rest. And as we learned a couple years ago in a message I shared a couple years ago, when you're at rest, creativity starts to flow out of you. How many know that when you're stressed out, there's no creativity? Right? But in that place of rest, creativity comes. There's a very interesting 
thought about Lego. And I'm going to end with this thought, and then I'm actually going to invite the girls to come up and just share a little bit about what God did this past weekend. And then we're going to end with a song. One of the things that's very, very different and very unique about Lego from any other building block or any other building piece is that the very points that have the ability to connect with one another are stamped with the designer's logo. You see them? It's right there. It's interesting. They could have put it underneath. They could have put it on the side. But they put it on the studs that connect. And I thought to myself, that is so appropriate. So appropriate. The very thing that we have to work through in order to connect with someone else, God has already marked it and said, this is going to be a place of forgiveness and this is going to be a place of peace and this is going to be a place of restoration. If you trust me, I can connect you in a place that will bring true peace. Interestingly enough, this concept of this branding, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but in 2015, the Lego company became the world's most powerful brand beating out Ferrari. Lego. Branded by God. Branded by the designer who wants you to connect. Hmm. 2 Corinthians 1 verses 21 and 22, it says this, God is the one who makes our faith and your faith strong in Christ. He has set us apart for himself. He has put his mark on us to show we belong to him. His spirit is in our hearts to prove this. I don't know if you caught this here, but his mark is on you. It actually mentions the Father in here. It mentions the Son. And it mentions the Holy Spirit. Three in one. Three flat Lego pieces create one brick. The, the Message Bible says this awesome. Are you ready for this? This is the Message Bible. It said as whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. I love that. It gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. You are called to build You're called to connect. You're called to connect to the chief cornerstone who's Jesus Christ. You're called never in your life to be the missing piece or to have missing peace. Because in Christ, His heart's desire for your life is nothing missing, nothing broken. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.